and it should it could have gone multiple different ways but honestly went one went a way that was probably one of the the worst worst. probably the worst way like everything they did was just i mean they were going they were changing their rules on the fly and exactly it could have ended it shouldn't have happened but there was a multitude of ways it could have ended that would have been better than this oh yeah and i just want to clarify that right now and again it's not just the atf involved in involved with this one it's also the fbi and the marshal just like in Waco. There's a lot of similarities with it, and there's a lot of things that went wrong with this one that also went wrong in Waco. But I want to say this was a horrible thing that never should have happened. And honestly, doing the research that I did, it got me pretty choked up because I listened to a lot of the people that or a couple of the people that survived and hearing what they went through was very, it it was heart wrenching. It was horrible. And one of them was just a child. She was 16 when this happened. And yeah, I saw some some stuff with her too. And I mean, she's, I mean, cause I think when, uh, because her brother was one of the ones that died. Mm-hmm. And according to her in the interviews, I saw that they were really close. And that when it was all going down, the um, Weaver's friend came back and said that Sam was killed. And she said her world at the moment just kind of just ended. Mm-hmm. And then a few, I don't know how long later, but then she's watching her mom get shot in the head right next to her. Exactly. So... Leading in with that, I think we'll just jump right in. I'd just like to say one thing before we get started. Yeah. That's a beautiful nose ring you got, J-Dub. Did you get that while he's on vacation? Yeah. Is that a real diamond or is that zirconium? I don't know. It those, makes those it, I, those people in South Dakota know how to do makes, a nose ring. It makes that gold tooth of yours really shine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matches. So before we get into like the actual siege, I think it's good that we talk about the leading up events to it so randy weaver that was that's the main guy that we're going to be talking about today and his family of course but randy weaver was an ex-green beret in the military did he serve in vietnam i never was clear on that i mean he was in that era he more than likely did i'm not clear on that but i know he he was a train he was a he trained him. Yeah. I know he did that for a while. I'm sure he did in Vietnam because Sarah Weaver, his daughter, said that Randy and his wife, Vicky, talked a lot and weren't, like, officially dating. But whenever he came back, they dated and... They'd got... met at Fort Dodge when he was stationed at Fort Dodge in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and they basically got married pretty quick because they already... They were really close just because of that but whenever randy weaver and vicky got married they lived in iowa and they had one daughter at the time 
it was Sarah Weaver. She was the oldest. And they were homeschooling her at the time because they didn't trust the government. And I think Randy had a very good reason not to trust the government because he was in the military for so long. He kind of saw everything that went on and he didn't really like it. And there was a lot of the farm crisis going on that time too. Yeah, Farmers were losing it. their farms. He worked for John Deere. He worked at John Deere factory mm-hmm. and he farmed. And right then they were having lots of foreclosures on farms and they were just, you know, having auctions selling off everything and farmers losing their living, losing yeah. their livelihood. And then it, they were just in, I mean, they were just in a pretty unpopular quote, quote war. Yeah. And, um, that, I mean, that wasn't officially. Oh, also, I'd like to say, cause, so he was, uh, his first assignment was, at, he, he got sent to Fort Bragg in North Carolina and he, he was getting trained as a Green Beret and according, so he didn't go to Vietnam, but according to friends, he was, he always, he was bitter over the fact that, uh, men wanted nothing that wanted nothing to do with the, with the war were being sent over there and him with all of his training wasn't. So he was kind so he didn't go, but a, According to his friends, he did to wanted to go to Vietnam, so mm. so he didn't serve in Vietnam. Well, that was a whole thing. It was a draft. <clears throat> there was a draft, and they sent lots of guys that didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. But then there's Randy that actually wanted to serve and never got to. Yeah. But moving on from that, so they were homeschooling. They were homeschooling their daughter Sarah at the time, and Randy and Vicky were talking a lot about moving into somewhere else, somewhere secluded so they didn't have to deal with everything because they were becoming very religious. They were studying the Bible, digging deeper into it, and were looking around and were seeing signs around them of the oncoming of an apocalypse, is what they were saying. Is, and is what they were thinking. So they wanted to move away from all of it and be by themselves for a little for their life at least. So they did. They spent one year getting everything in, in order, setting, settling all their bills, selling as much as they can, buying all the supplies that they could, that they would need for up there, and they went up and they bought a uh, plot of land that was called Ruby Ridge. I think they bought 15 acres, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was only like $5,000. They spent $5,000 on 15 acres. Man, if we could go back. Literally. <laughs> God, but then you got to realize. Can't even buy one acre for that. Idaho. I mean, it's pretty rough country. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's anything like... Uh, Black Hills, but I was just on a vacation there, and Black Hills are freaking cool. Just mm-hmm. wanted to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they went up there, and uh, Sarah, one of the interviews that I was saying, or that I was saying I watched, Sarah was saying that she was like actually excited to go up there. She didn't feel like it was going to be hard because she was already getting homeschooled. She didn't feel like uh, anything was going to be very different. And she was kind of excited because Randy and Vicky were telling her it was basically going to be like in an, ad- an adventure every day. 
they were the same mindset. Yeah. They, they were, were all in the same mindset. And them kids, the kids were young enough to acclimate to the the deal. I mean, they hadn't. Mm-hmm. But they went up there just to be by themselves and to raise their children the way they wanted them to be raised. Because anymore, they moved up there, they built themselves a house, and they built a house out of scraps. It was basically just like salvaged lumber that they got from wherever they could. You remember what year it was they moved up there? It was in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, because the big mess started happened in 92, and they'd been there for a while. Yeah, they'd They'd been there for They had established themselves pretty good there. I don't know if it was a decade or not, but they was there long enough to establish themselves there. Mm -hmm. They were up there for a while before anything went down and they weren't hurting anything before. And whenever they did go up there, they didn't expect really to be super close to any quote unquote neighbors. If you can call them that they're 17 miles away is their closest neighbor. But, uh, their closest neighbor was an Aryan nation. And, Randy and his family were invited invited there by a guy that Randy met at, I'm pretty sure it was a gun show. He met there, and the guy invited Randy to, to one a meeting, of yeah basically. to a meeting, and it was like a it was like a weekend thing where it was I think it was a three day weekend of constant like what the Aryan Nation believed and everything that they wanted happen and randy wasn't really the we wasn't in it they just wanted to go they just basically wanted to socialize with a few people yeah they wanted friends they just and they wanted to meet some of their neighbors and to see how they were and once he seen what they were he kind of well see because i was i was looking and i and i know some teachers are gonna lose their minds right now but i was looking on wikipedia of some of the stuff kind of piecing some stuff together. Where's your sources? But well, that's a th- that's what I was getting to. What I thought was funny is on so on Wikipedia, whenever they would say talk about this, these meetings and stuff, they said like it said like he attended three or he went to all these, but at the end of it, it says a citation was needed. So they didn't. So they were just saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody was just putting that. But then some when you went down, I went to another. Uh, this one was actually cited. Went and looked, and it said that he like for known fact he had been to, he had went to one yeah and then he didn't go back but they but at the, at the time the people who like they were under the impression that he had at least been to three and well, that was part of their, he went to one of like their actual meetings but it was kind of because longer. yeah he it was went like a to, weekend yeah. yeah but uh him and his family went to like cookouts with them yeah and because like that's just their socialization they yeah I would hate to be in a cabin up in the middle of nowhere with just your family. Yeah, I mean, as, whole time as much as just to, as yeah. cool as that would be, I mean, you have to socialize sometimes. Yeah, with like somebody and not these, your and these, you're not around. And these day. people, like whether or not they agreed totally with them, these people were probably more so in line with their beliefs mm-hmm. at least a little bit. So it had to be it had to be good. Yeah, for because, they well, were there for the same reason in a sense that Randy was, they wanted to be, to have their own thoughts and live their own lives. And if they just didn't 
and they were mesh. They were also a religious group, and they like had the they were kind getting of, more religious. Yeah, they were. They wanted more religious debates or more religious thinking around them, and the reason that they moved up there was because of their religious beliefs. So it would make sense this that they would want up. to be around people that believe the same. Yeah, believe have the same religious beliefs. Yeah. And they use that against them. Yeah. Because not too long after, the guy that invited Randy up, up to that weekend thing asked him to saw off a couple shotguns for him and he'd pay him $700. Well. Because because Randy had like was really crunched on money because, believe it or not, how you can't make much money up in the mountains. They wanted him to be a mole. They wanted that, to be that a- was after that was after because they used they used the sawed off shotguns against them to try and but lure they them wanted into to get mold. machine guns. They wanted to know what kind of weapons they had at that Aryan Nation deal. Mm-hmm. So they wanted him to go in and see if he could get a machine gun or something like that off of them. And he said, "Well, no." I said, "I ain't gonna do it." He said he wasn't gonna do it. He said, "Well, can you get some shotguns, sawed off shotguns?" He said, "Heck, I'll do that for you." Because like you said, mm-hmm. he was scrapped for money. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I'll fix him." I'll, so he got a yeah. But didn't that they try was... to convince him though that it was a it was a legal link? <clears throat> like he told him, "Well, no, that's, that'll be fine. Those that link will be fine." He never actually. I don't think he actually did it because they, they were only a quarter of an inch too short. Yeah, I don't so. know if he actually. The only thing is, I don't know if he actually sawed off the shotguns because the guy that asked him to do it was wearing a wire mm-hmm. and was recording it, and he sent it to the ATF. And the ATF went on and was like, uh, "He sold off shotguns." Well, he they used that against him to try and be an informant for him in the Aryan Nation. Okay, so I don't know if he actually did it because there's a cup. There's like contradictory about that because one guy was like, after he heard everything about the sawed-off shotguns, he wanted to go up and ask him if he actually did it. Well. He claims that Randy told him that he never did. Mm-hmm. But I don't know because in one of Randy's speeches that he tells after everything happened, he goes, uh, if I would have known that that guy was a snitch, I never would have sawed off those shotguns, mm. which made it, which makes it sound like, like he actually did it. Yeah. But the thing is, it's kind of hard to prove. Yeah. Because it's after the fact. Yeah, it's after the fact of everything. Yeah. But, but they did want him to go in and, and infiltrate the Yeah, but the they, clan. they wanted yeah. because they thought he was a part of it. Yeah. Because they saw him at like well, some the, of the cookouts. The, they had a guy inside meeting. there already. Yeah. And but he, and it was the guy that brought him in. Yeah. And they wanted to repl- replace that guy with Randy. Because yeah. he was more like them than yeah. the snitch was. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really br- they can't really bring up the sawed off shotgun <clears throat> argument at once it's over with. They can bring it up all they want, but I wouldn't because you just blew the his wife's brains out and killed one of his kids. So exactly, so you can't. But really- this happened later on. I mean, yeah, but the yeah. shooting but, did. But yeah. yeah, I I just I don't know. It's just all of it's just. I mean, the thing is, like this is this is entrapment. Either I mean, this is it's one hundred percent entrapment. Whether I mean, you can you can argue all day long that this guy's beliefs 
and there's still argument whether he believed what this group said, what this group was saying. But even those people in the group, I mean, that's their right to believe that way. You might think it's crazy all day long. It might very well be crazy. But then you go and put this guy in a trap to, I mean, tell yeah. more people. The thing trap is, more people, yeah. the reason for the first, you, you, one of the yeah. biggest reasons for the First Amendment is the right to religion, mm-hmm. to right, the right to whatever religion and whatever thinking and speech you want to do yeah and they basically infringed on that because they used his belief against him yeah they used what he said against against him and everything that happened was just a violation of the constitution and of his natural rights. Well, and my thing too with it that irritates me, and the, the ATF still does this to this day, all the time. To me, okay, so so their so their reasoning for not ha- for these shotguns to be under certain length is for safety, for the safety of America. So, what does it make sense to send one of your own people to go tell somebody to do this? It's it and, and they never did, made like sense, and then no. we'll get we'll get on this probably in another episode. But the Fast and Furious thing, yeah. Like I mean, my thing is is like, how about instead of because it seems like all the stuff the ATF does is they go and tell somebody to do something illegal that's supposedly dangerous, and then they get them. You never really hear. I mean, it probably does happen, but you never really hear where they just bust somebody for doing illegal arms. Exactly, something bad. Well, they got to meet their quota. Yeah, they so write their own legislation. They, yeah. yeah, so here, they make up yeah. their own rules. They're yeah. they're here's this shotgun's going to be dangerous to society. Let me go get somebody to build one. And what if what I mean? What if he builds one and decides he's you you don't have the right price and or he's like, well, actually, I sold it the other day to somebody else. So now you just made somebody build a a dangerous quote quote shotgun, and now it's somewhere else. Yeah. When the ATF approached Randy about that and tried to get him to become an informant, he turned him down, and that kind of set everything in motion. It was a year after they tried they tried to get him to be an informant. There, him and Vicky were on a snowmobile. Just, I think they were just going to town, and there was a couple on the side on the side of the road with an overheated truck so they couldn't go anywhere well randy and his wife being nice people went out and help help try to help them well it turns out that those people were just atf agents they started uh, undercover surveil surveillance on him yeah. as soon as the shotgun deal went down yeah but you like, might be on our informant we're gonna <clears throat> deny on you yeah but like this is one of those things where they didn't really need to do that. <laughs> they could have just not. went up there. No. <laughs> they, I mean, but see, that's he, what I was saying. They make up their own rules. They do what they want to. Wasting exactly. our money. I mean, there's. I mean, because the same thing with like the Waco thing. Like so, there was people like staying near the compound. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are just sitting there eating potato chips, just all <laughs> yeah. day like surveillance. I read a comment. <laughs> I read a comment on a website or something and it was kind of funny he said the bureau the atf is the red guard of today in the united states they're highly trained dog killers yeah <laughs> they got that they killed the dogs dog at waco's <laughs> waco wow. and they killed the dogs at ruby ridge the dog yeah. at ruby ridge and it's kind of funny that 
both of these things kind of started <clears throat> out with the ATF shooting dog. Well, I mean, exactly. it's, not, yeah. it's not funny, but but yeah, but the shooting started so after many, they shot dogs. Yeah, so yeah. many of the coincidences in both of these I mean, stories they, and more. Well, the thing, okay, I watched a video about the whole like on YouTube. It was like a, it was I think it was put out by like ABC News or something a few years ago, but. They explained how after the Ruby Ridge incident that the the whole thing went over. They had a big overhaul on their like how they do things and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, either it didn't work or it didn't go. It didn't do what they said in the right amount of time because then Waco happened. But I don't know. It's like the same mistakes were done both times. Exactly. Yes. Nice. <laughs> but whenever Randy and Vicky were uh, helping him. Randy was on the was like looking at the car and all of a sudden one of the eight one of the agents like basically just grabbed him and went federal agent get on the ground and basically just took him to the ground and arrested him <laughs> and took him in got mug shots and uh he was able to post bail but he posted bail with using his house so they told him that if he lost the trial, he would lose his house because that was that was the bail money and everything. And but he went up there and they sent him the court date. And the court date was it was on on the letter on the letter March twentieth. Yeah, it was March twentieth. But but the actual court date was like February twentieth. Yep. So, an, it was. There's, basically another entrapment charge yeah so no. my my what i want to know is like because that's i mean that should be i mean that's like did they did was that an accident was that just a random old lady sending the letter out messed up or was that purposely done i exactly. mean we yeah. can say this all day long but and I he think, he had I mean, the documentation that said yeah it was March you your court date and that like that at the end of all this that's what they that's the biggest charge he had against him mm-hmm. and then he's like well actually I was this is what the letter said so. yeah and, and they, they never give him a chance to say that yeah. till after it was all over till after yeah. his his wife and his yeah. son was dead and after he didn't show up for court they put a warrant out for him <laughs> so now they had now he has Marshall. The marshals on them, <laughs> yeah. Why? Oh, and it, it wonders makes me wonder why they didn't just go up there nonchalantly and just go up there and say, "Hey, you missed your court date. You missed your court date. You want to? You actually, can, I think I have you, a month, and then that would be it. Yeah, yeah. You want to know why they didn't go up there? Yeah, because they thought that there were booby traps. They had he been was, all over the place. They had cameras. He'd smashed yeah, several cameras. He had. They well, were watching him. The reason they thought there were booby traps was because he had, gosh, Green Beret, Beret training. He had Green Beret training. They think Rambo was up there. Yeah, they basically thought Rambo was up there making up freaking sharpened sticks. And <laughs> well, but they, their imagination just ran away. With exactly. Them. They didn't. They didn't go up there, just and talk to him. And if they did, and if they would have, it all would have been over with no death. Yeah, but I think they he didn't. would have cooperated to a certain point. Yeah, he definitely would have because I mean, it's just one of those mistakes that might it might happen more than you think. Mm-hmm. But they blew it out of proportion like they always do, and they thought <clears throat> since he was uh, labeled, yeah, they labeled him a white supremacist, a separatist a neo-Nazi, whatever, 
and they thought that he would just open fire on them. Yeah. Well, all of all of it went down because they didn't go up there <laughs> and just mistake. talk to them. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, they got all this. They got all this funding. They got all these toys that they got to play with, man. I mean, we got to take a quick ad break. We'll jump into the first day of the siege right after, and we're back. So we're gonna jump right into day one of the Ruby Ridge siege. So day one consisted of the marshals going out to collect new information on on the Weaver family. They were just doing recon and getting new updated information on the family, who all was up there, who all had guns and everything like that. What they what happened was they were watching the family, then they're the family's dog started barking and started running through the woods. And they were getting pretty paranoid, Randy and them were, because they found the cameras. Yeah. And they started carrying guns with them wherever they went as they were about their daily routine. Mm -hmm. And they seen that on camera. So they were watching them pretty close. Yeah. And Randy and them knew they were being watched. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had said, I think Vicky said at one point that they had even got under the house and yeah, list, they, and they were had, listening well, to them. Yeah, they had uh, got under the house. Not Vicky, but Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, yeah. They had got under the house and put listening devices. And later on, that really got to Randy because he just started yelling at the walls and at the floors after everything went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in day one... The marshal and marshal, what was his name? Uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal William Deegan. William Deegan. He was like one of the most decorated marshals ever, yeah. really. And he, him and another another guy, I can't remember his can't name remember. either, but they went on their property to scope out what's going on. The Their dog ran after him, getting on their trail. So Kevin Harris and Sam Weaver, Randy Weaver's 14-year-old son, and Randy Weaver all went after the dog, thinking it was like a mountain lion or something. So they were going to go. They were running short of meat. Yeah, they were going to go Maybe it was a deer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Before we keep going, I wanted to ask, how far was the, do you know how far the first shooting was away from the house? I do not, but it was close Close. enough to hear. Well, because I saw something, I don't know who said this or if this is just made up, but apparently one of the marshals, one of them, they, somebody claimed that they threw a rock at where the dog was. Like, and they're saying that's what got the dog to, I mean, the dog probably would have chased him anyways, but I was just wondering, cause I'm like, well, if it, the, cause I always pictured as the shooting happening, not far, far, but mm-hmm. at least a, at least a good ways well, away. Well, but, the way I heard it, yeah, the way it, Sam, there was a logging road mm-hmm. and there was a, the regular road, but it conjoined down here. And Randy told Kevin and Sam to go that way, and he went the other oh. way, and they kind of met. Yeah, and that's where they ran into the eight the marshals. Well, they and didn't. The dog run, was ahead of. They didn't run into them together. No, they didn't. Like okay, so Sam and Sam, Sam and, and Kevin, Kevin went went down the logging trail, and they were gonna <clears throat> go find the dog. 
Randy went after like a more direct place of where the dog was going. Mm-hmm. But he also knew that they would kind of meet up ahead. And if it what what they thought was like a deer or something, they would kind of scare it up and one of them would get it. But before they met, Randy was basically ambushed by one of the marshals. He says that the marshal basically jumped down from a tree almost and went like, Randy, put your gun down. And he and Randy just went, went like, screw you and ran to the house yelling at Kevin and Sam that it was a it was an ambush. It was a setup. Everything. Get to the house. All all stuff like that. But Kevin and Sam didn't hear him. Sam and at this point, seven Sam and Kevin were near where the dog was, and that's when the marshals shot the dog because they they say that the dog found their location. Yeah, so so they had to kill it. <laughs> and professional dog killers, yeah. literally. Highly. Well, trained. this was the marshals. This wasn't the ATF. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> they, the ATF gave them a real big high five at the yeah. end. Yeah, uh, Sam goes you son of a bitch you shot my dog and shoots like two shots in their general direction before the marshals open fire this is when sam hears randy yelling come to the house yeah and that's when sam goes i'm coming dad and then all you hear is two shots Mm -hmm. well one shot and that hits him in the elbow then another shot almost right after that, and that shoots him in the back, and he's dead immediately. And then... So, and then he the, was shot in the back, then, retreating. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did shoot at him, but you just shot his dog, you're on his property, his dad's yelling there's an ambush, and now he's running away. And there's still... They still have not said that they're U.S. Yeah, Marshals. They, they don't know what the hell's going on. They okay. they were in full camo. Yeah, they were, they in, were in full camo. They That's were why. In, they yeah, they're were, not they're not coming up with bit, some big old hat and their, yeah. their badge on. I mean, they're they they look like they're hiding. soldiers. They're supposed to be reconning the lo- like they're not supposed to be. Seen. But I thought I thought the way I got it or read it, Sam and Kevin run into him first. No, this probably I, all happened at the same. Yeah, this was, the same was a time. juncture. There was yeah. a juncture on the different trails they took. Randy went one way and. They all went the same way, and they were going to meet, and that's where they ran into these guys. It was all kind of a boo surprise deal. Yeah. I think it was with all the marshals and everything. It may it have was, been. I think it was more simultaneous because the trails they both took led to the same spot, and that one juncture is where they all met up. Mm-hmm. But Rand, Kevin and Sam got there just a little before. But now that's like you say, you're hearing everything. Yeah, you, but the more you study it, the more stories there are. Yeah, yeah. but like. What I heard, another thing that I heard after Sam was shot and killed and was laying on the ground, at that point, Kevin jumped behind like a log or something and he yelled out to the marshals, hold your fire, I have to check on Sam. And he laid it, he visibly laid his gun down so that they could see it and he went and checked on Sam. Nobody tried to arrest him. Nobody tried to... Who shot the marshal? That's that's the thing. We don't know. But they pinned it on Kevin. Kevin shot some. Well, I'm sure Kevin shot whenever Sam yeah. shot. Because, well, they shot the dog. 
Yeah. And nobody knew at that point, none of the weavers or rent or Harris knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. So they were just kind of shooting at him. but nobody really knows. Nobody truly knows who shot the marshal because the other- it was all. So basically it, was, it all went down super fast. Yeah. The other marshal might've shot the marshal. Never know. You can't be, you know? Yeah. But either way, Kevin went up to check on Sam and he checked on him. He's dead. And he just stood up and walked back to the house. That's all. That's, and that's all that happened. The marshals never tried to shoot him or arrest, arrest him. him or anything. You they turned around him. and ran. They they were still around for a while though because the marshal was there. The other one he went back he went to a place to call someone and get said they were taking fire and they yeah. were pinned down. Yeah. They made it sound like it was just a full out battle. Exactly. Yes. But whenever I'm I want to go back to Kevin. He went back to the house. Randy got there first and told him that somebody jumped down and told him to freeze and drop your gun. And he, he was like, I just told him to screw off and I, I ran off. And that was all that he knew what was going on. And then, then Kevin Kevin walked up and Sarah, this is, this is what Sarah was saying in her interview. Kevin walked up, head down low, like turning blue. And looked very distraught. Looked at him and said, Sam was dead. Yeah. And it's pretty, like I saw, I don't know if it was the same interview, but I saw I saw a interview with Sarah and it's pretty, I mean, I mean, I don't know how old she is now, but it was pretty recent, at least a few years ago. But I mean, it's pretty, because she said she was pretty close with her brother. And I mean, even if you weren't close with yeah. your brother, it's your brother. And then you're the guy that's staying with you. Just, yeah, your brother's dead. And I mean, that's got to suck. Well, they lived yeah. up there together. They were best friends. I yeah. mean, you might say. They all relied on each other yeah. every day just yeah. to survive. So losing somebody like that, I mean, your whole world just shattered right there. Yeah. She said that in the interview too. Like yeah. the whole world just kind of fell apart at that point. And at that, she said that she didn't really believe him at that point. Yeah. But Vicky and Randy decided that they had to go get their son. They couldn't just leave him out in the woods. So they went out and they they brought his body back to the house and wrapped wrapped him up, cleaned him up, wrapped him up and laid his body in the shed for now. Because they thought that later that day or tomorrow somebody would come mm-hmm. and talk to him at least. They thought that that would happen. Meanwhile, that that never happened. Meanwhile, they're getting ready to lay a siege exactly siege him but they didn't know this they thought that the marshals were gone yeah but the marshals were like right there with the other dead body with will with william Mm -hmm. and that's the that's kind of the thing that i don't get because randy and vicky were 100 percent like screaming cussing and crying because of their dead son. I mean, their son just I mean died, yeah, so. but like, how did they not, how did the marshals not hear him? Hear him or? Or go over there and at that point do what they came to do. 
I mean, if you're anything, sending, I mean, if you're sending a guy to go crawl under their house, maybe before you crawl under their house, maybe just go knock on the door. Like, hey, uh, that's what I say. You're uh, you're kind of late for your uh, court date. Exactly. No, let's send a guy to get under their house and put a <clears throat> why. Oh, stupid. Don't they hire people to give out subpoenas? You have yeah. been served. Yeah, yeah. Just send up a somebody, pay somebody that that they might know or something to go up there and go like, hey, this if you live by yourself in Idaho in the mountains with your family, you're considered a crazy terrorist. Yeah. You know, actually what, what they, they think, them. you know, that's what, and that's how they treat you. That's what they labeled them on the news. And see, yeah. the, the thing is, this is 1992. And honestly, right now, I think it's even, it's even worse four, now. Like sure. 10 times worse now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're any way on the right, whether you're, moderate right republican conservative you're you're being called a white supremacist terrorist neo-nazi exactly all this is it it's not getting better it just doesn't that part just doesn't make sense to me why did how did they not hear randy and vicky at that point but either way i don't think i'd like to I, I mean, don't think I'd the, like the answer to it. Yeah, I mean they got the house bug too. I mean they probably weren't listening, but mm-hmm. at that moment, even in 1992, they had listening devices that were high tech. That yeah. you know they're obsolete now. Mm-hmm. I mean they could <laughs> they could be listening right now. Yeah, they probably bug this sucker. This probably Panther Den. But they brought Sam's body back to back to the house and put him in the shed for now and. That kind of ends day one because, like, they just they were in shock. They didn't know what the heck just happened. They they didn't even know that the marshal was that the marshal had been killed, and the marshals didn't know that Sam had been killed. So everything kind of no, they had to know. No, they did. They they didn't know. Well, they say they didn't know. They didn't know until like. I mean, day three. That's what they're saying. Yeah. But they were shooting. and How close were they? That's what bugs that, me. That's, I was going to say that, and, I, and thank you for reminding the me, way because I, uh, Sarah said that he could hear Randy yelling, get back to the house, and that it was a setup. It was a ambush. It was an ambush. So they could not have been that far. They couldn't have been that far. That's what I'm saying. But how far, how close were they when they were exchanging shots? Oh, I'm sure they were. They were pretty close. They were pretty close. So they had to see the kid go down. Well, they almost blew his arm off. Mm-hmm. And then they shot him in the back. And he went down immediately. Yeah. They had to see that. They had, But they didn't report it, is the thing. Well, they, they ran they back and said they were... Sh- they were pinned down. They yeah, they didn't even report it the correct way. They didn't even know really if that one marshal was dead or not because that guy ran off and started, he panicked. Exactly. He went, started screaming, they're pinned down, we're pinned down up here. He went back, he called somebody. <laughs> just, that pisses me off. We're pinned down, we shot <laughs> yeah. their dog. Yeah, their shots fired and we're pinned down. Him? We need help, we need help. Back up. And you shot him. Since... Uh, since a marshal was killed, they had by law they had to turn it over to the FBI. So this is where the FBI gets involved. Oh boy! And yeah, 
And that kind of this is this kind of starts day two. The FBI sent in the hostage rescue team, pretty much. And I know how that went in Waco. Oh yeah. There were some videos of like because there was protesters down there, armed and, vehicles, and I was watching. Armored vehicles. I was watching the protesters down there, and they had. I mean, it was just you'd think that freaking Saddam Hussein was in that house. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were ready to go, man. I like that you said armored vehicles. Everything I looked into didn't even really mention armored vehicles or tanks, except but you for, saw pictures of them, didn't you? They yeah, saw they didn't mention videos. Of them. Yeah, but they didn't mention them. No, anything. Well, Sarah, in her interview that I watched, she said, she's like, when they got, well, after they had already surrendered, mm-hmm. they went down there and she's just like, well, I mean, she's like, there's tanks here. Why are there tanks? Why are there armored vehicles and all these people here? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. But the beginning, the for beginning of day two, I guess, they, they brought in like the highly trained snipers in the FBI. Apparently they're, trained enough to be able to shoot a dime at like a thousand yards. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty highly trained if they can do it. The thing is they had like a whole team of them <laughs> out there watching the, watching the cabin and the FBI changed the rule of the rules of engagement engagement. They suspended the old rules of engagement at that point and made new ones that said any adult male with a weapon is to be shot on sight. Shot on sight. Exactly. Like, they're acting like it's a war. They're acting like they're making... I mean, there's guys in freaking Baghdad that didn't even have that. That can't do that. They can't do that because they say that you have to have a reasonable... You have to be threatened. Yeah, you have to have a reason to shoot them. Well, I saw because that the video I kept bringing up, they had an interview with one of the snipers. Now, in the video, they didn't make it clear whether or not he's the one who ended up sniping uh, Vicky, but he he said that at that point he didn't really he he had his orders that any adult age male was to be shot on sight, and he's and he and he I mean it's his job. Now, I don't know if I don't I don't know, but he said that he he basically he didn't really care. He never he didn't say he didn't care, but he said he didn't know what was going on outside of his scope. He had his scope and whatever was through that scope and his orders were the only thing going through his head. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of uh, reckless, but that's very reckless. And yeah. And and then it ended up. Uh, and I can shot. see that yeah. I could understand that in a in a war situation yeah. but you're in idaho you're in idaho you're killing in, u.s people yeah you're not not i mean the, at this point the only person that's been well well actually there's been two people killed and on the side you're fighting a 14 year old's the one that and a dog but they don't know that yet. yeah yeah they still say they don't know that yet but uh but how think, did they not know it you'll I, I just can't understand that the surveillance they had on them I think it was the U.S. Marshals that didn't report it, is the thing. They didn't want to admit I mean, that they... blew it out of proportion. Yes, they did. I'm not denying that, but they didn't want to... They didn't want to admit that they killed a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, because that gets... not. Yeah. I think that's what he's getting at. I don't think I don't think he's saying that... that He's not saying that they 
said they didn't know. It's like, how did they not like that? He's saying that it, they, they how knew. did they not know it? They yeah. knew, but I, they I, said they didn't. Yeah, they they knew, but they they didn't re- it's they ca- didn't report it. It's kind of like it's kind of like the thing with Waco, like where they had all that when they were talking to him and they didn't want to put out all this stuff because it would give them it would give the world. It would put the world on their side. Mm-hmm. So if they said, like, yeah, we just killed a 14-year-old, everyone would be like, well, why? Once the news media got a hold of it, look how, over. how it went yeah. how it went crazy. They, yeah, They called him a white supremacist, neo-Nazi, and Everything. a separatist, all like and it, that. You would thought and that- they called him crazy, and they said that William uh, Deegan, Deegan, yeah. William Deegan as a, a martyr. Yeah. They used his death as the reason that they needed to have like the tanks and the snipers. What do they have about 400 troops, the 400 people are law uh, enforcement. They had 400 FBI agents. Well, law enforcement, and, whatever. but they had local Randy, police. We- Randy Weaver said that they had at least 4,000 people out there. Yeah. Surrounded That's them. crazy. Locals. Yeah. <laughs> and, but moving on, Randy Weaver wanted to go see Sam for like what he said the last time he wanted to be with him. He went out to the shed where his body was laying right now. And in, in his story, he says he reached for the door handle and that's when he was shot in the shoulder. He was by one of the snipers. He was shot in the shoulder and he said that it, it sounded like it was just 10 feet away. And he said that he wanted to turn and spit on the guy who did it, but there was nobody there. He was like very freaked out at that point. And Kevin and Sarah were coming out behind him to go see Sam as well. And Sarah comes up to him after he gets shot because she doesn't know what happened. And she goes, what's wrong, dad? And he goes, well, I've been shot. And... At that point, Vicky starts yelling, get inside, get inside, and uh, they all run to the door. Vicky's holding the door open, holding the 10-month-old baby, and they all run inside, pushing her dad into the house, and Kevin is the last one in. And Sarah, I'm going to go off of what Sarah said. Sarah said that all she heard was one more loud boom and stuff hit her face and her mother fell to the ground and Kevin fell inside of the house. Kevin was shot in the back, barely missing his heart, and to this day there's apparently shrapnel still around his heart. It's probably too risky to remove because it might kill him if they do. But anyway, what Sarah says hit her in the face was parts of her mother's jawbone. At that point, Sarah thought that she had been shot, but she didn't know that her mother was dead. She just, she knew something was wrong because she's on the ground. She's lying on the ground, not moving right now. And Kevin is probably limping off trying to get in the house randy just goes over to her takes the baby and gives it to sarah and him and kevin move the body out of the doorway just to shut the door they just killed 
Vicky right there. I mean, out of all the stuff you could, I mean, th- I mean, this almost sounds made up. They literally, they shot a, they like, now they probably like because it did hit um, Harris Kevin, first, yeah. Kevin Harris first. So they, so they were probably aiming for him. But as a sniper, as as just as just somebody who knows guns, you have to know what you, you you're like. You can't just focus on just your target. You have to know what's around your target. Exactly. Like if somebody's shooting up a place, and I pull my carry gun out, I mean, if I shoot the guy, but then bullets go past him or through him and hit somebody behind him, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. Like you need to know what's going on. But they're just guns blazing, and now. And un, I mean, this is just, this is just sounds like something out of like a, I mean, this is the worst thing that could have happened. You literally, you shot a unarmed woman holding a 10 month old baby. Doing nothing wrong. Just holding a door open. I mean, for I mean, her okay, wounded so husband. Let's try to go into their, so, so like we were saying with Waco stuff, I mean, so these people are already kind of, they, they distrust the government already. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, they've got their house bug. They know. All this stuff's going on. I mean, and and they're pretty religious, anyways. But now, now their son's dead. They got in a firefight. Their dog's dead, and now their dad. They're trying to go see their son. Their dad just got shot. They're trying to get. In, they're panicking because now they think if they go outside, they're going to get shot. I mean, excuse, like that's a reasonable idea in their head that they're going to get shot if they go outside. Then next thing you know, they're just. I mean, they're just shooting them. They're just shooting them. They think they're probably just going to shoot them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just mm. and they probably would have if they got shot a chance. Yeah. Sorry to cut this short. We're gonna have to take another ad break. We'll be right back, and we're back. So we left off uh, at the end of day two. So from day three to really like day eight or nine, not much went on. the The weavers never left their house with within that time frame. I mean they think they're going to get shot. Yeah, every time they they think that any time that somebody peeks out a window or a door, they would open fire on them. I mean the last time they did, their mom got her brains blown out. Yeah. Could you imagine sitting in a house with a dead body, blood mm-hmm. th- after that many days, the stink? I mean, it wouldn't take long. She was in there for like six days. Six days. Six, seven days. You know what gets me too? I was going to bring this up with the Sarah, uh, Sarah's interview. Because like, cause, and the thing is, also before all this, like, because we were saying like, why didn't they just go to the door? But even after this happened, like no, no negotiate, all the stuff happened and no negotiation was being done. Well, it, yeah. Until, until, until day three. Until day three. But but she in her interview she was say they were like they would offer they would offer they were trying to talk to Vicky I think mm-hmm. the most yeah because the, they say that and I'm assuming I kind of believe them on this and that's a I don't really believe them on much but I kind of believe that they didn't know that she was a dead like and it was but so they were trying to negotiate with her and in Sarah's interview she said that she remembers like because they would offer like hey Vicky don't you want to come out and have a breakfast we'll, yeah. we'll allow the kid you and your daughter or kids or whatever to come out and have a breakfast and sarah says she's remember sitting there and it was just like rubbing salt in the wound Mm -hmm. like i could be out there having breakfast with my mom but no now she's dead they thought that she thought that they were using psychological yeah they were they thought that they were basically just 
the day three is whenever the negotiations really started, and that's when the ATF came back into play. To, yeah, literally, they came back to help out with uh, the FBI. Make sure there wasn't any dogs. Literally, yeah, they wanted to they clean were up out any of dogs. dogs. So. <clears throat> they wanted to clean up the rest of them. When did Bo Greitz? Yeah. When did he come in? Did he come in on it was day like, three or four? No, or later it was like, on. It was later. It was later on. Isn't that's what's in? That's what basically ended it. Too, yeah. Wasn't. Yeah. But uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, day three to like it was like day eight or nine. Nothing. Not much went on. But day three is whenever the ATF came back and the negotiations started. They used like a robot, pretty much a remote control robot, to bring a phone to the doorstep of the uh, Weaver's house because the Weaver had the Weavers had no electricity and no like phone or anything, so there was no negotiation that could be done, really, yeah. unless they're just yelling face to it. Face. Yeah, and nobody would go up there because they thought the place was booby trapped, which is retarded but whatever i mean for all we i mean that could have been just a rumor I'm like man that thing's booby trapped you don't want to go up there and yeah. it just spreads through literally well with all the surveillance they had and all they the, ought to know they ought to know by now they hadn't hit nothing yet yeah mm-hmm. i mean go up i mean they've got to have some kind of there's there's got to be devices that for one can detect certain booby traps and then other ones that can like basically activate them without putting someone in danger if you're that worried about them Get somebody there to talk and bring them in with stuff to make sure the booby trap doesn't go off. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. There's but, just a lot of other ways they could have done it without death. Yeah, negotiation started every morning up until day nine. They started out calling to Vicky, like you said. Every morning they said, "Good morning, Vicky. If you come out now, we're having." And I mean, you're just, hearing outside that they're all like, they're all calling come on, to her. Vicky, come on, get some yeah. pancakes. Well, Randy was shot. Harris was shot. They were both shot. You know, they were in pain. You know, yeah. they was. And then they're I scared know, to call, go past the windows. And you, and it, I don't know what kind a, of medical stuff they had to take care well, of I'm wounds. Sure, I'm sure, well, he's a Green Beret, so he probably had some... He probably had something. Something. He had know. some kind, of field, some kind medic, of field training. It was said, Randy said that a few times, Kevin even asked him to shoot him because the pain was so bad. I mean, he's got a... I mean, Randy's just shot through the... I mean, yeah, Randy's just yeah. shot through the arm, but he's shot through the chest. Yeah. So... And that, yeah, that's just... I couldn't even imagine that pain. Yeah. And it was a three oh eight round. Yeah. That went through him. Every all that happened every day. Every day they were calling out to Vicky, trying to get him to come out, but they didn't they said they did they didn't know she was dead. And sometime in the day three to day eight time frame, they some of the agents were going by and for whatever reason one of them decided to jump out and go in a shed that was near the property. And that was the shed that they put Sam in. Mm-hmm. That's when they found out Sam was dead. And that and that day, it was out on the news. 
That's probably when the protesters started That's, coming in. Well, I'm sure that they were there for a while because. Well, I, uh, well, I'm sure there was a lot there, but there was there was a lot in the videos I saw that there was like they were bringing kids and like they would have like "Am I Next" on them, mm-hmm. like that probably because whether that started then, yeah, because whether or not we because we we're still not sure if they knew that Sam was dead. We think that they do, but the rest of the world for sure didn't know that yeah. Sam was dead. So that's when they started showing up with. More, I bet more showed up at that point. Oh yeah, they couldn't because hide it. it. it they was, couldn't hide it from the locals. Mm-hmm. It was a fourteen-year-old kid. I mean, you shot and killed them. There's no, there's no justification in that, really. Especially when you shoot first and shoot. I mean, I don't know if this, like I'm just saying like I don't care if someone shoots my dog in front of me. I'm pro. I mean, at that point, if I've if I have the means to, I'm probably gonna shoot the person yeah if i have a gun in my hand i mean i'm not just gonna sit there i'm not just gonna sit there and watch them kill my dog yeah no you're you're getting it too but yeah they they find out sam's dead at that point and that's when more of the truth kind of comes out and everything finally starts winding down and the atf agents were in the atf fbi and marshall Wow, we really messed up. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like the government does that all the time. They're not they're not gonna go out and they're not thinking in their head when they do something, the government, and be like, you know, that was pretty bad of us. We need to fix that. The only time they fix something is when the map and I there was somebody who was uh on that that uh video I watched about uh there was some I can't remember who it was. It was some guy in couldn't tell you, but he was in the government in some capacity. And he said, like, at the point, they were just making the rules up as they went along. Like, they were changing the rules of engagement and stuff. And he said that, uh, and he's like, we kind of just, we need, I don't know what I was saying. (laughs) I don't know. But (laughs) I had it all in my head, and I just (laughs) let it, there it went. But, yeah. Okay. Okay, well. Just cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's not much else that really happened within day three and eight other than the weavers were running out of options they were running out of food and water and it's not like they were eating or drinking much because sarah said that none of them really felt like it i mean also because she said that just to get some food out of the pantry you had to walk over her mother's blood you probably had to go past some windows you had to do it probably carefully Mm -hmm. but it this was just a house it wasn't a fort yeah a bunker or nothing like that it was just a house and the media portrayed it as like a fortified compound went stupid yeah when the media got a hold of it and all the stuff i was watching like because it's a house but and all the stuff on the news in 1992, just like the Ruby Ridge compound, the compound, yeah, the compound. Yeah, that's what I say. The and media what? just went to town on it. Yeah. It, and that's back when the media was kind of trustworthy, at least a little bit trustworthy, a little bit. You wonder, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, the media really blew it out of proportion along with uh, the FBI and the marshals. The marshals really started it off, well, started off blowing it out of proportion. The reason all of this happened was because of the ATF. I mean, entrapment and all that. But the media really blew it out of proportion for everybody in the nation. 
They were trying to do damage control because I mean, mm-hmm. there's n- you cannot tell me that the government and the FBI does not have a phone like to the freaking ABC, CNN, and all this. Be like, hey, this is what's going on. We need you to either extinguish it or do just do something else. Make us mm-hmm. look good. Make us look good. Yeah. But okay, so we're gonna move. We're gonna move on to like day nine. Day nine was the day that Bo Greitz came in. And at this time, Bo Greitz was the third party candidate for the presidential election. He was a, and he was, I'm pretty sure, a retired Green Beret as well. So he kind of understood what was going through Randy's head Mm -hmm. at this point because they, they had the same training and everything. But at one point, uh, Randy got so mad and like just broken that he started yelling at the walls and yelling at the floors where they had all of the listening devices. The only person that he would talk to was Bo Greitz because they had a radio. They had a radio and they would even listen to like what they were saying about him. And that what? goes back to where they didn't know if anybody was killed or not. They had listening devices. They said, you don't think they didn't hear him talk about the being mm-hmm. Vicky being dead and all of them being shot like that. Yeah. I also mean, with the yelling, that's got to make the situation worse for the kids too. Mm-hmm. As, so, they, had, so, they had to know they'd killed somebody. Yeah. Well, okay. Sh- so, so, Excluding Sam, there's only there's two kids. There's three kids. So so there's well there's Sarah, the baby. There's three girls. There's three oh, girls okay. and there's Sam. Okay. There's Sarah, which is the oldest. She's mm-hmm. 16 at this point. There's Rachel, and she she's younger than Sam. There's Rachel, and she I think she's like 10 maybe. They were all and born the before ten- they got there. The baby was born after there. they'd moved yeah. up there. Okay. And the baby was 10 months old. Okay. I was just wanting to but see. Sam was 14 at this point. So, yeah. But either way, they had more kids with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they were all scared to death and just angry at that point. I mean, if their mom holding their baby, holding their sister can get killed... And they can. They think they can. Mm-hmm. Which and they were. They probably could have. Sarah they was very well. Could have. Sarah was kind of saying that she had basically accepted that she was going to die, yeah. it up there. But moving on, uh, Bo Greitz heard about it and he wanted to go up there and he went up there to talk to him and he didn't wear any Kevlar and he didn't bring a rifle. He just went up there. What was like, his What was his job before he went up there? I mean, I know you said he was running for third party presidency, but what was he other than the Green Beret? What was he? Was he in the law enforcement or anything? I don't think was he, he was. a negotiator for any of the law enforcement, or was he just a regular guy? I mean, no, I don't think he was. He was just one of those guys that Randy had heard about and knew that he would understand more than mm-hmm. anybody it's surprising to me they let him talk yeah and uh one of the fbi agents that i was 
uh, watching in one of the interviews said that they were taking a big risk letting Bo up there because they also knew that he was very right-leaning because of his beliefs and that he might not really help too much. But he ended up saving yeah, everything. Yeah. Day nine was when Bo Greitz went up there. And at first, he stood up up on top of one of the tags, going through the bullhorn, saying saying who he was and trying to talk to Randy. This is quoting Bo Greitz. Whenever he went up there, told him who he was, he said that he saw Randy's face through a window. And he could hear him say, like, is that Bo Greitz? And that's when Bo, Bo jumped down off of one of the tanks and walked up to the house. Now, he was one of the only people that the Weaver family let in mm-hmm. because the we at the Weaver family didn't feel like they could trust anybody because Randy had already been betrayed by somebody that he thought he knew at the very beginning. He thought he could trust somebody, but it ended up ruining him. So they were taking a... The, ran- the Weaver family were taking a big risk just letting him in. They let him in, and uh, Randy wanted him to know the truth about what happened. And the first thing that he said was, me and Kevin are shot, were badly wounded, and they killed Vicky. And that's when like a wave of hurt kind of hit Bo, too. Because, like, he had been listening about it and he had been watching it just like the whole nation has. I mean, he felt he felt enough to go there. Yeah. So. He felt like he should help. Yeah. And either way, Bo talked with the family for a while, told them their story, and or they told Bo their story, and he went back to the agents and told them what happened. And first thing out of their mouth, out of his mouth, whenever he got there, was, "You guys really screwed this up. You killed his wife." <laughs> that first thing, and it was nighttime whenever he got back. So they decide the FBI decided to wait until the morning to announce Vicky's death mm. <laughs> on air, and the morning of day ten. They announced that, and you can hear in like the audio clip. There's a there's a verbal gasp of everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. Everybody was caught off guard by that, and they were very saddened. And the people protesting got even more angry. Right. And, so, I mean, yeah, and. Uh, people were yelling, you're never going to take another woman. You're never going to do this again. And then a guy in the background yelling, we're going to war. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what they thought too. Cause they basically made it a war zone right there. There's 4,000 people in total surrounding one house with four people in it and a 10 month old baby. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, what what's the baby gonna do? Nothing. Yeah. Freaking. I mean, cry on you. I mean, they're they're lucky that they didn't hit the baby. Really, they're lucky the baby wasn't hurt at uh, all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the baby. I mean, it was bad. It was a bad deal for them. Good mm-hmm. afterwards, but man, they would have been hell to pay after that. Oh yeah, that would have happened. So, day eleven. Day eleven was the last day of the siege. Bogreitz went back up to the. Uh, house again for one last time to talk to the family because one of the FBI, one of the head FBI agents told him, if you don't get them out by noon, we're going in there and we're taking it ourselves. So he, he felt like he needed to get them out. I mean, at that and point it's uh, to, to it's Bo, do or die. Yeah. To Bo, it's like these people are hurting and I, I'm their only chance. Yeah. And then when they go tell him, he's like, look, they're going in. There's nothing I can do about it. I mean, that's. And he goes up there and first thing Randy tells him is we've prayed to God all night. And me and the girls have decided that they're going to have to kill us. Just like they did our brothers and just like they or just like they did our brother and just like they did our mom. At that point. Bo really felt like he needed to talk to him really, or really felt like he needed to tell him what was going on. And he told him that if you don't get out now, they're going to, they're sending in people and they're going to take it whether you like it or not. And there's nothing I can do about it. And in Bo's interview, he said, Randy looked him dead in the eye without turning around and said girls go pack your things we're walking down the hill with mr greitz here so they all grabbed their stuff and they left the house for the first time in like nine days see that that right there kind of just tells me that they could have talked to him before all this Exactly. Because, I mean, like, I mean, because they're like, well, he's he's under siege because he's he's barricaded himself in there. No, they think he's going to he's going to get shot if he goes outside. So that tells me right there. And he's like, I mean, they I mean, they go, I don't think he yeah. was that unreasonable of a guy. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. he was either. But they painted I mean, him like this. Yeah, everything. They Well, they're covering their tails. Yeah. Basically, they had to make it look good for what they had done mm-hmm. doing. Yep. I mean, you killed his wife, you killed his son, you shot his best friend, you shot him, and he's still, and his, this guy's like, like, they're coming in, and he, I mean, he was, he's like, no, we need, I need to get them out, at least. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I need to get my girls out. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that that right there kind of shows that if they would have just walked up to the house and been like, hey, you missed your court date, all would have been fine. Oh, Their U.S. Marshal wouldn't be dead, and then his wife and son would be dead. Um, I forgot to say this. On day 10, Bo came back up and talked to Randy about getting Kevin out of there. Mm-hmm. And Bo kind of made it an ultimatum of, if you don't let Kevin Harris out, I will testify against you in court because his blood is on your hands because he... He died because you wouldn't let him out. And, I mean, he 
Randy let him out because he needed help. Obviously, he you was see, gonna. That's just he was gonna ploy. die. That's just a ploy saying that. I mean, yeah, it wasn't on Weaver's hands. Harris could have said, "I want out of here." Mm-hmm. He could have walked out on his own. Yeah, or said but, he said he wanted out anyway. Yeah, but he also thought that he would be shot. Yeah, again, Did, was he like was he responsive <clears throat> at the time, or was he? He was responsive because yeah. I mean he'd been sh- I mean he'd been shot through the chest. However, like ten day ten that was what seven eight was, days ago. It was day two that he yeah, got so shot. Eight days ago, mm-hmm. he went, eight days before he got shot. So was it, so he was responsive. He was responsive. Because multiple times Kevin asked Randy to shoot him. Oh yeah. To well, put I'm him saying out of like when misery. Bo came and asked. Yeah, he was he was responsive. So he could have said. So it wouldn't have been on Weaver's hands. Yeah. Now. But but I, I mean, I guarantee you, I don't know if Bo, if that was his own thing, but I I think those that was probably put in his ear by some of those people. Yeah. To say that. I mean, he's trying to end the situation, whether or not he agrees with the people he's helping. Or not, mm-hmm. he sees it as he's helping them, not the pe- he's helping the weavers, not the government. But they probably told him that, and that's probably the, what he could say to get him mm-hmm. get the situation moving. They know well, they're going to be in for an ordeal, no matter what, walking yeah. out or not. But on day eleven, whenever they walked out, Sarah said that every step that she took, she was surprised that nobody shot. And every step, she looked at the bushes and saw them moving and saw and knew that people were watching her with guns, just waiting for something to happen they to had, shoot her. They probably had so many eyes and barrels on them. Mm-hmm. Little little kids and baby, two, sh- two wounded men. Yeah. She also said that the first thing that she was asked whenever she got to the... Basically, they made a army camp right there. Whenever she got there, the first thing that she was asked was, where are the booby traps? And she's like, there's no booby traps. What are you talking about? And they were all like so surprised about that. You know, what, was, you know what just hit me? Hmm. So they're afraid to go to the front door to knock on it because of booby traps. But they're not afraid to get somebody to army crawl into under the house. Yeah, <laughs> I or, mean they that's that they they probably would hit more booby traps. Yeah, going under the house. And they sent Bo Grites up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's booby traps up there. It's in Bo. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that just that's just a big old heap of sacrifices horseshit. have to be made. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that just hit me too. <laughs> like what? The, oh man. Okay, uh, we're gonna have to take another ad break. Real quick, so we'll be right back. And we're back. So I kind of wanted to wrap up day 11 real quick. So after everybody was uh, taken out of the house and walked down to, yeah, the staging area, I guess. But after they all walked down there, uh, they immediately arrested Randy. Well, they also arrested uh, Kevin. They took him into custody for... Uh, killing the marshal, Marshal William Deegan, and but that one that charge didn't stick. There wasn't any evidence. There wasn't enough evidence of him actually killing him. So the jury 
ruled in Kevin's favor. And he was very grateful about that, and understandably so. But whenever they took Randy in, all the original charges were dropped, except for it didn't uh, drop. And he served six months in jail for it. And he shouldn't even have done that because he got the wrong... He served more than that, didn't he? No, it was six months. Yeah, I think it was. I'm pretty... I don't know. It was six months. Yeah. He served six extra months because they held him in jail until his court date. I thought he served 18 months. And he served some odd... Waiting. Yeah, waiting for his court date in prison. So even... So when he got sent for the six months, I mean... That shouldn't even have stuck because he got the wrong court date. That was their job was to send him the right court date, and they got the, they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't. I mean, you like I said this earlier. You can say this all day. See what he served. Put punch it up for the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. He he waited and he waited for a long time before his trial. That's what I mean. Time served. They count that as a time for the trial. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how it works. I don't either. I don't like bureaucracy. I don't like bureaucracy anyway. But either way, he served. We'll say around around like 18 months. Yeah. Just in total with everything. In total. In total, he served about 18 months. That shouldn't have happened anyway. I mean, he had documentation of the letter that was mailed to him. That was wrong. Yeah. That he was told March 20th when it, when. Do you think they did that on purpose? That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, I, was I know. Like, it's, yeah, I was. I don't know. It, it just because you can nev- say we never will. Because really will. Know. I saw this person comment. He's just like he. Uh, someone commented on one of those videos I watched, and he's like, he wouldn't have shown up to his court date anyways. I'm like, we'll never know. Yeah, you because you, you can't know you that. can't say that you can't say that he thought it was March 20th, and it was actually February 20th, and that's one of the big things they used to do this. And I'm like. You can't say that. I mean, and I'm sure he thought they would railroad him anyway yeah. on the whole deal. Yep. But we'll never know. You had yeah, to blow you his, never know. You had to blow his wife's brains out and kill his son. Like Shoot him in the back. Yeah. And After, they, they acquitted the cop, too, that killed his son. Yeah, they acquitted him. Yeah. So there were two agents that went on trial. One of them was dropped of charges or was acquitted of all charges. Didn't one get sent to prison? Yeah, and time? one was sent to prison. Out of the 4,000 people that were there, those were the only two that were sentenced or and, that were even on trial. And while I think that's at least a good step in the I mean, I'm glad that happened, but those are just the people that, those are the ones that the higher-ups may take the fall. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. you're taking the fall. We're not. Yeah, and I'm glad and, it happened. I'm glad that happened. I'm glad, and that that's a that's a rare time in this big crap storm of stuff going on that something actually happened that should have. There was also one other guy. He wasn't. I don't think he was on trial, but he he was like a really high up guy mm-hmm. in one of the agencies, and he was demoted like pretty to pretty far down. Well, that's probably another. Here, here, we're just going to demote you. Yeah, but still, so we can at save least save our skin. 
At least, at least something, something happened, happened but more should have happened. More should have happened instead of just if this was all if this was affecting all, three people. If this was all secretive and didn't get out, we would. I mean, for one, we wouldn't know about it, and no one would have taken the blame until somebody figures it out twenty years later, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, actually, like that was bad." But yeah, and after Randy Weaver got out of prison, the U.S. government settled with him. Mm-hmm. He was going to sue him, but they settled with him for three point one million dollars. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, Sarah, in the video about Sarah that I watched, she's got a pretty nice house in Montana now mm-hmm. from a part of that. Yeah, which I'm happy. Randy about. said that it was a hundred thousand for him, and a million for each of the girls. So and Sarah acts like she's got her life together too. I mean, it, you know, she, she suffered. Now. I mean, she's she said in the video I watched, she's like, I she's like, I've kind of I've I've accepted what happened, but she said like, I'm not gonna forget because if we do forget, then. You know, the same thing will happen. Basically, mm-hmm. like uh, people don't know history will doom is doomed to repeat it. So exactly, she's kind of put it behind her, which I don't. I don't think it should be put behind in the minds of the American people. But if she, when she was in the situation, I think it's a good thing that she put it behind her. And it's a good thing that she she <clears throat> she was faith, able to move through it. She yeah. had faith in God. God helped her through it, and she said that several times. I mean, it's yeah. It was, they were they were all like. Very religious. But I now, Randy, I don't know. The last time, last interview I saw with Randy, he's pretty much. Well, at the time, he was very religious. Yeah. Now, I bet. He's got he's, pretty, he was pretty bitter there well, towards even, the end. Well, even Sarah said that she denounced God for a while mm-hmm. because of what happened. And, I mean, I I can understand that, but, like, it's good that she came back to him. Now, I think Randy's just kind of bitter that everything had happened to him so he's just not gonna go back to being that religious did you ever get find out anything about his the book he wrote about it Mm-mm. i never found the book i would try and find it i think you know he wrote you know he sold he went to gun shows and stuff like that and did did speaking engagements him and uh bob brown bob brown was a he was kind of a He'd had trouble with the IRS and yeah. he, he followed him around too a lot. And, uh, they did speaking engagements and stuff like that at different places. Well, the, uh, the U S government settled outside of a courtroom. The only times that they do that is when they know that they, they won't win in like an actual court situation. Cause they got the best of the best. Yeah. And- why they know they're going to lose. Anybody yeah. will do that though. Well, not necessarily the government. I mean, anybody, but they also, the government it, it, doesn't need the, it out there anymore. I no, mean, it's already yeah. a big thing yeah. and they know that it's going to bring everything back. So they're just like, well, we'll just sell it. So we don't have to do this big. I don't know if I said this, but it was in 1994, whenever the government decided to settle for $3.1 million to be given to the Weaver family. Did and, uh, did um, Harris get anything? Like no. he had to do his own thing. I don't think he got anything because he wasn't like technically part of the family. Yeah, but they considered him part of the family, but he wasn't like yeah. blood. Well, I'm saying him. like, did he get anything? Like he had to do everything separately. Did he did anything? Did he do anything himself to get anything? I don't think so. Okay, not not that I've read or heard, but okay. So. 
the whole that whole siege really affected Sarah, Rachel, and Randy. It didn't really psychologically affect the baby because it never knew really what was going on. Uh, Sarah said that it was ten years before she could even accept what happened because she said that if she she felt like if she accepted it, she would be disgracing the memory of her mother and her little brother. But I just think that I don't know. I don't know. It's just another bad, just another long thing on a long list of things that the government, any agency, just that they just did wrong and it was bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that we we don't know. We're we not going to know. Yeah. I mean, they're they hide I, they hide all kinds of stuff all the time. I mean, that's for another subject for another day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So plenty, and unfortunately, there's plenty of ATF. Uh, subjects that we're gonna keep going yep with this series so so i think we're gonna move on to closing statements i'd like to go first this time i know cameron said that yeah i know cameron said last time i don't like to go first but i'd like to go first this time so the reason i wanted to do ruby ridge for this topic this week i guess was because Randy Weaver died earlier this year. And I just wanted to kind of honor his memory because after he got out of prison and settled everything out, he went on to talk about what happened and to preach about and looking for stuff like that and helping out. But I wanted to kind of uh, honor him by doing this because I can't imagine how hard it would have been for him. And I just want to say, Randy, rest in peace and be with your family. Be with your wife and be with your son and you won't be forgotten. Neither will Ruby Ridge. So that's that's kind of my closing statement man that kind of can't really top that so yeah <laughs> i got no more to add either i mean we all want to live our lives as good as we can for as long as we can we don't want to be bothered we don't want to be told what to do every time we turn around but it's getting harder and harder to do every day i don't want to be as isolated as say he was but i want to do what i want to do mm-hmm most everybody does live their lives free and easy exactly that's i feel like that's all any of us want yeah it is if you guys don't have anything else to add uh i'd like to end this episode with a song that was written about ruby ridge that i really enjoyed so thank you for listening and we'll see you next week Guard the truth so you might know down the road.
that followed Deep Creek at the turn that crossed the bridge. Federal marshals had the roadblock to mark the siege of Ruby Ridge. There the armies of the enemy slayed your bride and only son. Nearly killed your close companion when the shrapnel pierced his lung. We stand with you, Randy Weaver, cause your Lord and Savior lives. Wheresoever eagles gather, that is where his body is. On that evening, late one August, you were forced to take your stand. There two strangers as they trespassed, do first blood on private land. Governor Andrus, back in Boise, let the enemy tell him lies. And from his anti-Christ decision, Sam and Vicky lost their lives. Federal agents, U.S. Marshals, and FBI men stormed the hill. All on false, fictitious charges, given orders, shoot to kill. We stand with you, Randy Weaver, cause your Lord and Savior lives. Wheresoever eagles gather, that is where his body is. There's a host of heavenly angels hovering near, ready to fight. We stand with you, Randy Weaver. We are proud to call you friend. As we gather here together, stand beside you till the end. We stand with you, Randy Weaver. Cause your Lord and Savior lives Wheresoever eagles gather That is where his body is Wheresoever eagles gather That is where